Welcome in, one and all. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. Packers get a win yesterday, 23-20. Excited just to get the win, right? Get the win. Do what you're supposed to do. Get the win. Welcome to everybody on the network. Uh, The question of the day today is what is your takeaway from yesterday's game? What is your takeaway from yesterday's game? We're going to be talking with Eric Baranchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up in a little bit. We'll get his take on what he saw yesterday. We'll also hear from Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up in the next hour. And then the final hour of the program today, we got our guy Mike Clemens, who was in the locker room talking with Aaron Jones yesterday after the ball game and uh, getting his take on all of this. But what is your takeaway from yesterday's game on this Green and Gold Monday? What is your takeaway? Uh, I had said there's some things that I grabbed yesterday. I thought Quay Walker, when I paid attention to him, I thought he did a pretty good job in, in numerous occasions. I think three I counted where he got locked up. Uh, he had a he definitely had a line lineman that was coming after him, and he was able to shed that block. I, th- I saw progress. Uh, I really was interested in the shuffling of the offensive line. Matt LaFleur addressed that after the game and talked about competition. Uh, John Runyon was out. Rasheed Walker was out. Josh Nyman was in. They were moving guys around. I thought that was interesting. Samari Torre has been yet another healthy scratch, did not play in an active yesterday. Dontavian Wicks. You've seen uh, a little bit of Malik Heath. You've seen you know the wide receivers step up. They're trying to just run combinations out there to see um, to see kind of who's going to fit and who isn't. Uh, I thought the young defensive backs played pretty well. I mean, you're you know you're waiting to hear that Jair is going to be back, and for all intents and purposes, it was trending towards Jair being back. I know there was even reports out there that said he was definitely going to play, and then he was a late scratch. So. I, I thought that was um, an opportunity. Valentine's Valentine and, you know, all the other guys that have been getting a look back there. Uh, I also am concerned because of all the running backs that are now down, Aaron Jones, with the knee injury. The good news is it's, as Matt LaFleur put it yesterday, it's in a long-term injury. Uh, then again, Wilson's injury, I don't know how long that's going to be. You know, I, I don't know how long it's, it's going to be. Um. So, uh, and I never slice, says, I wish Matt LaFleur would tell his mediocre at best defense to tone it down after the play celebrations. Quite embarrassing, especially Valentine. It's a young guy that's getting a little bit of swagger, and that actually played pretty well in certain circumstances, specifically when he was one-on-one with guys. I, 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 I don't mind swagger. I don't mind a little bit of celebration. When You know, look, I agree that when you're a team – and you don't have a winning record. It's tough. It's tough. To, it's it's, you know, when they came running out of the tunnel yesterday and they're playing all the fanfare and the fireworks are going off and, you know, and it's just it's going crazy, you know. People weren't getting excited like they normally do. the The anticipation was okay. Let's get this game underway. We want to see what's going on here, you know. And so I get it. When you're not winning, don't don't treat us as if you're a championship team. You know, don't 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 act like you're the best on the field. You're barely you're barely getting by at this point. Okay, I get that. But also, you got to get swagger. You got to get confidence. You got to get a little bit of enthusiasm somewhere. And if it's a young guy coming in and making a name for himself for the first time, you know what? I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I like a little bit of the swagger. Maybe I'm just different, but I like the now. 
celebrate with your team. Don't celebrate by yourself and, you know, yell everybody look at me. But I like it. I like I like a little bit of that swagger. Um, Bob says the pack should have paid the price for Jonathan Taylor. Now we're looking for a running back and backs. How uh, good would he have been if we would have had him in the lineup? It's always easy to say, though, isn't it, Grant? It's always easy to say after the fact. Well, do you think the Packers would be – how many more wins would they have if Jonathan Taylor had been on this team all year? One? Yeah. Two? Like, maybe the Atlanta game. Because I, I remember in Atlanta, if they would have just been able to pick up an extra first down or two running the ball, they probably right. win that game, and they couldn't because A.J. Dillon couldn't do it. So maybe Jonathan Taylor in that game, I, it makes them – like they have more talent on their roster. I don't know if it helps them win any more games having Jonathan right. Taylor. Yeah, I I I don't um I don't know. And you weren't going to make that deal. You weren't going to spend the money. You weren't none of that. You weren't going to do that. Um I mean now it's funny because hindsight being what it is, now people are seeing now Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones is fragile. Well, he's always missed a couple of games most running backs do. Look at Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor. He missed games last year, you know? So I, you know, maybe, maybe it helps a little bit, but I don't think it helps overwhelmingly. You know, maybe like you said, maybe it gives them a game or two at best. You know, okay, maybe it does change things as far as the outlook of, you know, where they're sitting right now. Instead of having four wins, maybe they've got six wins, six and four, and maybe they're still trending towards heading to the postseason. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Jeffrey says, can we just enjoy a win for a day? Fans gloss over some really good plays and just rip them for any little mistake. True. Hell yeah. uh, 100%. Jeffrey, yesterday was a win. You enjoy it. I will say this, okay? When the Packers won at home against New Orleans, uh, when we go to do the postgame, we do the postgame show at Burkle's One Block Over, which is the old Champions Bar. We go over there, we do the postgame show, and it, that place was loud, it was enthusiastic, it was hopeful, it was, it, was like, it was like you would expect after a win, 100%. Yesterday, it was, yeah, we won, but the Chargers played pretty bad. It was, yeah, we won, but we're not going anywhere. It was, yeah, we won, but, yeah, they looked a little better, but they looked a little better against the 31st defense. All of which is, is I don't fault anybody for feeling because it's all true. It's facts. You can't argue with that. Now, if they just say, boy, they just suck. Well, that no, come on. But you can point out the certain things and say, yeah, this is what happened. But it wasn't a jubilant, you know, over-the-top win. Now, what I did say yesterday, I said, okay, we talked about this last week. I said, what if they get a, a win over the Chargers? And then the next two games, obviously, I think they're going to take lumps. But what if against all of these bad teams that then stack up against them, short of the Vikings, because you got the Bears twice, or no, the Bears one more time, you've got the Giants, you've got, uh, you do have the Vikings, but, you know, what if you go – Two and five in your next seven games. You're four and six. Go, or uh, excuse me, go five and two. That would give you nine wins, right? Do you think nine wins in this NFC put you in the postseason? 
you can't argue with that. And and those are those are coin flip winnable games, right? Would it put you then in the postseason? So there's that one eye over the fence. The next two weeks are going to kind of tell you, but there's that one those that one eye over the fence going, maybe if this team does get better against two good teams, that they can come in and beat the bad teams enough to find themselves in the postseason. If that's not optimism and hoping for the the better part of good, then I don't know what is. The back end of their schedule, the last five games, the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, Bucks. the Bears, you should be able to win some of those games. That's a nice yeah. a stretch run of the year. Right now, Bill, between the Chargers, the Lions, Kansas City, this is your tough three-week stretch. And what winning yesterday kind of guarantees is you make it through this tough three-game stretch without the bottom falling out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if I told you going right. into this three-week stretch, you go one and two. You take it, right? Yeah. Well, they've at least guaranteed themselves one and two, even if they lose to the Lions and the Chiefs, who might be two of the best teams in football. That's good. Right. That's not bad. And you still have some hope. And here's the thing that I think could be a positive out of all of this for the season. And this is me talking, remember, okay? That let's just say you do get beat bad by both, uh, you know, Kansas City and Detroit. Okay. But, yeah, you turn around and you win four of the next five. Maybe one, like the Vikings game in Minnesota, slips away from you or something, but whatever. Then you're still beating the bad teams, and that would be a team then ascending more so than it would be descending because you're beating the sub-500, sub-mediocrity teams, and you're doing what you're supposed to do as you grow with the specialty positions together. And that's not a bad thing. 877-867-1670. Tony listening to us in Sussex. Uh, Tony, how you doing today, man? What's going on? How you doing, Bill? Good, man. What you thinking? Um, I was impressed with the progression of Jordan Love. He is getting better. Um, the passing game seems to be getting better since, um, you know, LaFleur has, it seemed to me, he's opened it up more. And, I, you know, no matter, I mean, everybody drops passes. Yeah, the Chargers dropped some passes that probably should have been touchdowns. From what I heard, that's kind of been their M.O. all year, mm-hmm. you know, with that team. But um, I'm really, really um, happy with the game. I'm excited about it. I'm excited, you know, if it's better than Jordan Love going the other way. Okay. Right. And, and I'm not, I don't have any playoff aspirations with them. But what I do have is that maybe they could play a good spoiler role for a lot of teams or it's just great that they're improving and he's improving and uh that's how i look at it yeah okay no i appreciate it and and that's all you can ask is just just get better here's the here's the thought and this is what you need to know and he, you know, they're showing some highlights right here in front of me as as we speak now. The soft touch pass to Christian Watson, the 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 sharp pass that he threw for a 15, 20 yard pass to Romeo Dobbs over the middle. But then again, you look at like some of the yards. They say, well, he threw for over three hundred yards. Well, yeah, but he also put the ball in the hands of the playmakers, who you know broke plays. Jaden Reed broke plays. Romeo Dobbs broke plays. You know, it was a quick ten yard out that turned into a was a thirty two or thirty seven yard pass play. So that, that's what you need to do, though. That's what all teams do is throw for a certain level of yardage because you get the ball into the hands of your playmakers and your playmakers start to get better. And th- there's nothing wrong with that. 
People want to knock him because he throws a short pass. To turn. How many times do we see Aaron Rodgers throw a five-yard inside slant and turn into a 40-yard gain? Especially going back to when Donald Driver used to run it. Right? It, it, nobody faulted him for that. So, God, I, you know, look, I've been hard on Jordan Love as hard as anybody, but don't, don't kill the guy just to be crazy just because you want to you beat him up and prove a point. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, Jake says, uh, hey, Bill. Uh, he says, hey, Bill, I thought it was a good win yesterday. I think Jordan Love is progressing and getting better. The young guys around him are starting to actually go for the ball. And I know, he says, I know it's been a concentration of the coaching staff. Have you ever seen the window display at Shillitoe's years ago in Cincinnati? An old picture came up, and I'm sending this to you. Um, Shillitoe's? Yeah, downtown. If that's what you're talking about, when I grew up as a kid, oh, my God, yeah. They had the Santa's workshop and all that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was a, When I was a kid, I used to see that all the time. That was a big thing. I mean, do you remember the old Grant? Now, I don't know if you're what, – what year were you born, Grant? 1998. I was going to say, I don't know okay. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in the 70s, even the 80s to a certain extent, there most stores in downtowns. It doesn't matter what downtown. It doesn't have to be Cincinnati. It was in any downtown. Look at you know Macy's and the windows there, or you know FAO Schwartz. Uh, but you know in downtown Cincinnati, they had the electric company had a huge train display, and Shillitoe's, which was kind of like Boston store back then, and it was local to Cincinnati, had these incredible window displays for Christmas time and they would put curtains up around the windows and they would have an unveiling. They, they became that popular, you know, with lights and animatronics and, you know, all the different stuff, you know, Santa climbing ladders and lights everywhere and it, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that used to be a thing. Uh, and it's, it's a shame because there's not a lot of places that do that anymore. You know, where you can take your kids and just, we were mesmerized just walking around watching all the trains and, looking at all the detail and all the people in the little towns and the train stations. And, you know, it's, I just, it just t- takes you back to being a kid. Uh, but today, like, uh, we were downtown on Friday night. We were down at Calderon Club Friday night eating dinner before, um, was it Friday night? No, Thursday night. Thursday night, excuse me, Thursday night. And they did up Light Up Milwaukee. And they had the, quote, official opening of the Christmas holiday season, and they lit the town up. And they had fireworks and everything. So it's become more of a bigger show rather than just a single storefront window. But the old storefront windows used to be really cool. But, you know, the old brick-and-mortar stores are going by the wayside, unfortunately. So nobody does the displays like that anymore. Those were – I can't imagine what the money was wrapped up in those things, but nobody does that kind of stuff anymore because they don't have those big buildings either. They don't – I mean – Shillitoe's owned the entire building, all of the offices and the complex and everything up above it. And it was a five-store or five-floor mall up and down with men's department on one, women's department on the other, with housewares on another. You know, I mean, it was all kinds of crazy, betting on another. So, I mean, it, you don't have that anymore. And, I mean, just look at the malls. The malls are, you know, struggling for, you know, anchor stores. So nobody's putting a massive anchor store in a downtown location and putting up big storefront windows. So, it, it, it is a shame. It's gone by the wayside. But, yes, I do remember that. So thanks very much for the email. 877-867-1670. Find us. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November. 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Coming up Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve. Out at the Sunset Grill in Pewaukee, they've got a live DJ, $3 cherry bombs, $4 neutrals, $2 Bud Lights, all of that stuff, 9 to midnight, uh, coming up at the Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. So if you are thinking about heading out, and that is the biggest, and traditionally has been the biggest bar night of the year, because people do a lot of traveling, they get home on Wednesdays, they're getting ready for Thanksgiving the next day, but they go out and see their friends, or go out and have dinner, or go out, whatever, but that is actually the biggest bar night, the biggest going out night of the year. It's not New Year's Eve. It's the night before Thanksgiving. And a Sunset Grill on Prospect Avenue in Pewaukee. And uh, just give them a shout, 262-696-4578. But the DJ, bombs, brews, all that kind of good stuff coming up on Wednesday night at the Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. Good stuff. Uh, now, do you make it a habit to go out on Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, Grant? Uh I'm probably more of a Friday night after Thanksgiving. I normally hit the Friday because I'm normally traveling home a couple hours to see my folks. And, yeah. you know, I've been hosting four to six for four or five years. So oh, I normally yeah. don't get home until a certain hour. And then the night's kind of a walk. Right. Right. No, I get it. Yep. No, I get it. Um, but when I'm back when I owned my bar, I mean, that was all the way up till 99. That was always our biggest night. That was that was our version of Black Friday. That was our biggest night by far. Lines out the door, the whole thing. Um, no, we had some good nights in the summertime because we were at a marina, so we had some really good nights. But our biggest night was always the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. It's just because most people weren't getting – unless you had to cook, most people didn't get up early. They would get up, wake up, turn on the parade, you wait for some football to start, and at 2 in the afternoon is when you had to do something. Everybody was pretty much off. So, um, But, you know, is what it is. Good, uh, Good night coming up. Wednesday nights. Now, I, I agree with you, though. The Friday night, uh, the Black Friday Friday night, that's always a big night, too, because most people don't have to work usually on Friday. Most people try to take that long weekend off. Um, you know, now when you're traveling and you're visiting people, yeah, then every night of uh, that weekend is pretty big. But because we're going to be traveling, same thing, we're traveling early on, on Wednesday morning. And we don't arrive. We got two layovers that we have to navigate because there's no direct flights uh, to to Rhode Island out of 
uh, out of Milwaukee. So we got to do two layovers. We fly from Milwaukee to Chicago, Chicago to D.C., and D.C. then into Rhode Island. Had we probably just flown straight out of Chicago to to maybe Boston or something, maybe that would have been different. But but nevertheless, day of travel is what it is. 877-867-1670. David says, always a good day when the Vikings and the Bears both lose and the Packers get a win. That I'll agree with. Uh, Alex says, uh, everybody has to complain about a win. That's just what Packers fans do. I don't know. Not everybody. If you've been reading the thread, there's people that point out some of the obvious things. There's people that are a little bit over the top and there's people that, you know, complain about wins. I agree. But I I think for the most part, people say, I'll take the win, but it wasn't pretty and it wasn't a great game. It was a win and that's okay. That's okay. You can have that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I, I don't get too bent because they win. You know, now I'm not going to, you know, suddenly say that they're heading to the playoffs. I say, what if, do you think, could they do it? That type of thing. But, you know, you, you take it for what it is. So that, that was my whole question today coming into the show. What is your takeaway from the, from the win yesterday? Well, and what, what do Packers fans want? Do they, do they want the Chargers to give the game away and for the Packers to still lose? Like, right? I, yeah, we would have loved the Packers to win a, a commanding game, but they lost their entire backfield. They have no secondary, and they were right. field goal underdogs. I, I don't right. know. What, what do you guys want? It, that Great point. Great point. I mean, what, what do people want? They won a game they weren't supposed to win. Take it. Take it right damn now. Take it. Uh, Donald says, hey, I'm uh, looking at all the Packers fans on the feed, and a lot of them just complain to complain, but it's the same ones that complain all the time that say this team isn't going anywhere. I agree they're not going anywhere this year, but what about next year? What about the year after that when this team starts to age and grow together? I think they've got a decent crop of wide receivers, but we don't know what their ceiling is, and that's the biggest question right now. That's, that is, Don, that's a great point. It's a very good point. You just don't know. Do I think that they've got these undeniable playmakers? I don't know yet. I think the, the, the probably the most aggressive receiver they have is, is Romeo Dobbs. And I like what I saw out of him yesterday. Yesterday, he took it upon himself to go get a ball. To go get a ball. And I, I, I liked what I saw out of him. You saw it out of some, you, you know, you saw it out of um, Dontavian Wicks as well. I like that. I like that that's been a concentration over the last couple of weeks for this team via practice, as Matt LaFleur has stated, and they wanted to emphasize that, and they're helping out their quarterback. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoyed that. 877-867-1670. When we come back, uh, Eric Branchek, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, he's going to join us. We'll talk with him about what he saw and what his takeaway was yesterday when the Green Bay Packers, when the Green Bay Packers got a win. You don't apologize for it. You take it. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. 
Bill Michael Show. Enjoying the day today. Packers get a win. Wasn't pretty, but you take it. If you win ugly, then, you know, that's okay. Then uh, things, maybe you uh, fight through the ugly, and then you eventually get to the good. I'm not saying things are going to be great, but, hey, you take the win, you move on. You try to learn from it. You feel good about it. You gain a little bit of confidence and see what uh, see what happens, you know? 877-867-1670. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us on the hotline. Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. Um, I'm doing great. It's, you know, it's fantastic. It's, uh, if you're a deer hunter, today is the day you should be in the woods because it is gorgeous out. The, yeah, that's for sure. It's not bad weather. It's not too windy. It's a little bit of cloud, a little bit of cool, but not too cold. Not a bad, and I remember deer hunting weekends that were really bad. I mean, like ugly sleet, snow, freezing temperatures and nobody needs that so this is not a bad weekend that's for sure no hey uh, my my question was coming into the show today what did you take away from yesterday's game and you get a lot of reaction because you know keenan allen doesn't come down with the ball not once but twice robinson drops the pass that would have been a touchdown so you know in essence uh the the chargers didn't play great but the packers took advantage of certain things and i thought looked better so you tell me what you took away from yesterday's game incremental improvement is all that you can take away from this season. I've been saying this now for several weeks. Everybody wants these guys to go 12 and five and, you know, 13 and four. It ain't happening. They're in a rebuild. And what I was very, very um, excited to see as a spectator was, and and listen, there's a lot of football to watch, right? We got tons of college games and stuff. But watching the Packers, the couple, you get kind of, you you know, you start to feel it. Right. And you see, Mm -hmm. What you're seeing is incremental improvement from the young guys. You've got a couple of tight ends that are showing to be a little bit of a uh, – uh, that could be a threat, big-time threat. Uh, and you got receivers that are doing things. There's just still a little things they need to do a little bit better, uh, for sure. But they're coming down with the balls. They're making catches, and they're making plays and running after the catch. I mean, that stuff is great. I, you know, so we're seeing the incremental improvement, especially at the quarterback position. The only problem – uh, that you're not seeing the incremental improvement on is the offensive line. They got to get that. They got to get that thing fixed quick. Um, so offensively, you got to feel really good about the improvement that you're seeing. You know, now it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because they're probably not going to have Aaron Jones on Thursday. So how is that going to affect things? You know, is so, it going to go back uh, off the rails? Let me ask you real quick, when you talk about the offensive line, they need to get fixed. What specifically, when you look at what the pressures are, you go by pro football focus, and Jordan Love's been one of the lower quarterbacks when it comes to pressures, and one of the better pass-blocking teams in the National Football League, what do you say they need to get corrected? I want their their, their running game and their run fits to be a little bit more solid. Uh, mm-hmm. You see guys uh, bouncing off of uh, double teams too soon. You see them long-stepping. Um, I've never seen a, a situation where you have a covered guy and you're going to pull and not ever have any accountability for an interior lineman. That just doesn't make sense to me. Football wise, you got nothing, you know, unless you're going to trap the guy and you just let him go. I just, there's something missing there. Um, and, and I think the right guard position is this position, you know, if you, Sean Ryan got in, in the, at the end of the first quarter. There, it was that touchdown series. I thought he played mm-hmm. tremendous. He showed tremendous hands. There was a pass rush 
uh, where he was pass blocking and chops the hands down like a D lineman and then buried the guy in the ground. That's really good. I like the way that he finishes blocks or, you know, the old saying block to the whistle, right? You like the way you see that. You see that with some of the guys, but just not consistent enough. It almost looks to me like they're just a little bit out of sync, maybe missing a call here and there. Um, but, but they got to get better blocking uh, in the run for sure. Yeah, I uh, I the, I thought a lot of the adjustments yesterday. They had Sean Ryan in, John Runyon came out, Rashid Walker was in, and then he came out, Yash Nyman was in, and Matt LaFour said that we wanted to rotate the offensive linemen, we want to create competition. You don't usually do that during a game, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially this late in the season. I mean, right. well, preseason, week one or week two, but, you know, this deep into the season and you want to create competition, geez, uh, you know, Something, something stinks in Denmark when that's happening. So I, I feel like they really got to, uh, you know, they, they got to solidify that thing. And I don't know what it is. I mean, so here's my question. A couple of years ago, three, let's go back three years when Stenovich was the O-line coach. And, you know, he was, in, he was the first time being an offensive line coach. Those first three years, it was almost like the Packers could, could just take a guy off the bench and put insert him into the game and everything was great. And now – you saw two years of Rusteno's the OC and not the old line coach. And it seems like they're just missing little things. You know, their block, their in points on the run blocks are just a little bit off. You see them sloppy with their footwork. So I'm concerned that, you know, maybe it's a coaching situation more of as a personnel, but I think they got some young talent there that they got a, uh, uh, I think with Sean Ryan. And I think they got to figure out they're going to draft a left tackle. Right. So, you know, maybe you got to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of the season and find a guy that's going to be the backup guy next year, whether it's going to be Walker or you can continue on with Nyman. I don't know which direction to go to there, but something's got to be, they got to get that right because they got to be able to run the football uh, with someone other than just Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones makes the offensive line look good because he's such a little scatterbug back there sometimes and he runs really well mm-hmm. with his eyes. You know, with, with, with Dylan, he's basically – you know, there's a hole. I'm going to it. Don't make me move because I'm not going to do it. You know, so interesting. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the game from yesterday. Uh, what do you make of the statistics of the stat line? People are going crazy over the first 300-yard passing game from a quarterback in, you know, 21-something games or whatever it happens to be. I'm surprised it took this long, to be completely frank. Um, and I, But I think – if you go to back to a bunch of other games with some of the drops that the receivers had and stuff, it probably could have came a lot sooner. So, you know, to me, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, but right. the reality is I think you're seeing the development as a, of a, of a young starting quarterback, being able to process information and not only that, but throw the ball with authority instead of, you know, at the middle part of the, you know, during that four game losing streak, you thought saw him kind of throwing in the ball or, or, or just passing it, you know, trying to just get it to the right spot instead of just, letting it go and you're seeing that i mean he throws a tight spiral i mean he can spin it there's no question about that i think the big question was his decision making and not only that but you know he's still got to work on the deep ball but but you you gotta like what you're seeing right now with him being able to the throws are on time especially yesterday i thought the throws were on time um and the and the play action fake was really good looking back you know, previous five or six games with the play action fake sometimes wasn't always on time. The throws weren't on time, you know, but you saw it yesterday. Kind of, it's starting to come together for that young offense. 
Um, yesterday, Samari Torre again a healthy scratch. He was he was had something to say in the offense last year. Why do you think he has fallen off so bad? Is it just because they want to see what Wicks and Kraft and Watson and and Malik Heath and all these other you know Dobbs and Reed and everybody what they can do, or do you think he's fallen just out of the out of the the favor? Well, obviously he's fallen out. You know, you got how do you how do you play? How do you not keep weak Wicks off the field? I mean that guy. He is a, he is a, he, and you saw the big play yesterday where, you know, the, mm-hmm. not easy to tackle and he was able to get some extra yards. That was a great play. You know, I don't know if Torrey can do that. So maybe he's the odd man out or he's straight bait or something like that. But I think the other guys are just outperforming him. The uh, Anders Carlson yesterday, he goes wide right on a 52 yarder. We, I, you know, I keep hearing about the big leg and yeah, he's putting some balls out of the end zone and the touchbacks are up. But is there this reliability factor that's now problematic when it comes to Anderson Carlson? Not yet. I don't think not yet. I, I think if it continues, I think, yeah, you got to look, you got to have some cause for concern. But, you know, the Packers, good for them, I guess, is, is they're able to weather some of the kicker misperformances. I'm not sure that's a word, but, uh, you know, they've had some challenges there uh, with the, you know, and they stuck with their kickers, and I think that's the right thing to do. I don't, I don't think these teams that go out and, and, and jack around with their kickers all the time is, is, is the right thing to do. You got a guy, you invested some, you know, some capital in him, let him grow and let him get, um, you know, let him get mentally prepared for what he's got to do. Because the real time is, is not now. They're rebuilding, right? The real time is next December, next January, where they need big kicks uh, to win games. And whether right now it's probably a 50-50 shot, but – you got to feel good about what he's done so far, and you know maybe maybe he gets better. But if he continues, you know, this path, and then maybe next year you got to look at a change. But uh, I think it's too soon. What do you now need to see over the next two weeks? Because this, you know, it's one thing if you beat up the 31st ranked defense in the National Football League and a team that kind of, you know, hands you, uh, you know, in part a win. Now you got two teams that can beat the hell out of you. If they do that, then what? 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 You know? What? What do you need to see this past this coming week and next? Well, I, first and foremost, continued improvement on offense. You know, they got to find a way to run the football consistently. It's been very sporadic this season, and it's got to get better. Um, but I think the biggest thing: do you expect them to win these next two games? No, but you expect it to be close. You know, within a touchdown. And I think you got to. More importantly, now it's defense's turn to stand up and, and to see if they can slow down some of these high-powered offenses and start to and make them um, make them one-dimensional, make them have to throw the football, and uh, hopefully you can get to the quarterback. But it's all going to be come down to the D line and the front seven if they can stop the run effectively and uh, and, and make make them those teams one-dimensional because then I think they have a fighting chance if they're going to let teams run all over them. It's, it ain't going to be any different than what we saw the bad four-game losing streak. When, when you think, you know, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, they're on the IR. you got Rudy Ford, Jair Alexander. You know, you've got four or five guys that were supposed to be your starters in your secondary, and they're all banged up or done. And now you got guys like Ballantyne and Valentine and, and Jonathan Owens and uh, Keyshawn Nixon obviously is still a player. Uh, you know, Anthony Johnson Jr., you know, you're you're doing it with guys you never expected to be contributors, so to speak. So are do you look at this and say, boy, this defense is playing really well for what they were expected to be? Or do you say, yeah, they're just kind of hanging on and they still need massive upgrades? Because I thought it was a gutsy performance. It's not great, don't get me wrong, 
But I thought it was kind of a gutsy performance, and I really liked Carrington Valentine from when I saw him getting picked on when he first came into the ball game a few uh, weeks back to where he is today. I thought he's improved a lot. Oh, certainly. You know, there was a one uh, Keenan Allen drop where he was – I think it was the first one. Um, it was like right at the right at the goal line there. He bit – they were playing zone, and he bit on the uh, corner route on the pump fake. Mm-hmm. In zone, that's a tough play. You know, that would be the, the play where I'd be like, oh, young man, <laughs> you know, you got that's Keenan right. Allen in front of you. You got to stay with him. Um, but uh, I, I guess it's a good question because you want to always say next man up, right? So the next man's got to be there. But you saw, yep. you saw the result yesterday. There were communication problems in the secondary. Um, they weren't exactly sure tacklers when they came up to fill in the run. Now, a couple times, um, Johnson came up and blew up a play in the run, but I, I, the one thing looking at it is, you know, the way they play defense and that, the deep zones and making their safety 15 yards off the ball. It's tough to get beat, but that's the only way they can play right now. I, I would not want to play one high safety very often because I think you're asking for trouble, especially with how slow John, uh, Owens is on the reads. Uh, yeah. They're, uh, you know, I have to agree with you. They're just kind of hanging on, but you really, at this point in the season, you really would like to see less communication that uh, uh, miscues in the secondary. And, you know, they're going to rely, have to rely on that front to be able to get things done and, and, and get pressure on the quarterback and just make a move. That's all they got to do. Make the quarterback move a little bit and they'll be all right. But when he stands back in the pocket, it's scary. Real quick, before I let you go yesterday, uh, as I, you know, kind of just paid specific attention to the defense, which I thought was a little bit more impressive. Quay Walker, I saw three specific times yesterday, shed blocks, shed guards that came, or a center that came after him and was able to get off. Now, the first time he didn't make the tackle, he actually kind of misdirected the, you know, directed the the ball carry to go into the opposite direction, which then was tackled. But I, I'm starting to see progress out of Quay Walker, too. Are you seeing the same thing? Were you dreaming? Did you wake up and pinch yourself because you're thinking, what is this that I'm seeing? Right. I, I agree. I agree. It was like, I went back and watched a couple plays several times. I'm like, wait a minute. He got his hands on a guy and actually shut a block. That was really good. Um, I, you know, at, at, at some point you, you just got to figure it out. And that's what you're seeing there. Um, I, I, you know, having Campbell back is such a big deal for that defense. Because he's so, uh, I mean, he doesn't make mental mistakes physically sometimes. And he's not, the, he, you know, must have lost a half a step or a step with some of the injuries lately. But um, with Quay Walker, you know, he didn't show up big in the stats. But where he does show up, where he showed up for the first time in my eyes, was able to redirect a run, like you were saying, in the right direction. And not just, mm-hmm. you know, getting blocked and making a tackle six yards downfield. Good for you. But, you know, he funneled the play back where he needed to go, and that, that was a big improvement for sure. But, the, you know, the other thing, those young D linemen, those two rookies, I mean, they're making a play or two every single ball game. You know, a, big, a big sack by the rook. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they're knocking down balls. They're getting in there. I mean, those two young fellows are guys you've got to watch for in the future because, you know, they're making plays and they're making um, um, in good time. And, and I think it's been a while since we've seen a D lineman or a rookie D lineman make plays like that. No doubt. Good stuff as always, Eric. We appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk about, uh, talk again next week too, okay? All right. Enjoy your turkey day. I know I am, uh, you... started my pre-Thanksgiving diet already this morning, so <laughs> be ready to go. <laughs> All right, bud. Take care. We'll talk to you Monday. Take care.
There you go. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes. Uh, always appreciate his candor. Always appreciate the good stuff. And uh, a lot of the same things I just, you know, kind of confirmation-wise you want to see. And, uh, and that's what we're starting to see. We're starting to see some of the same things. We're seeing Quay Walker, some of the guys in the secondary, some of the guys are starting to play a little bit better. The receivers are starting to get on the same page. Maybe this thing does trend forward. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. One thing that was brought to my attention, I was talking about my friends at One Collision uh, out on County Line in Menominee Falls the other day, and uh, a listener emailed me, and he actually lives in the Menominee Falls area, but he said, uh, one thing I forgot to mention was deer hits. Deer hits. And he said uh, that that's exactly what happened to him, unfortunately. So uh, if you're watching on the live stream, yes, that is my vehicle, and they fixed it perfect after I was uh, hitting the you know, passenger side rear quarter and had a lot of damage to both the wheel and the, uh, the quarter and the door, and they fixed it perfect. But one of the things I forgot to mention was if you got deer hits too, uh, which that's an awful thing, uh, but uh, they do all of that repair as well. So a full collision body shop, the whole thing. They've got a, a magnificent facility. That's one collision county line. Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Call them 262-251-1700. They work really well with the insurance company uh, and insurance companies. And if you're going to take care of it yourself, they work really well with you as well. That's one collision county line. Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. 262-251-1700. 262-251-1700. Give Jim and the gang a call. They're great people, and they kept me in uh, in the loop every step of the way, every step of the way when I had my uh, my car worked on. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't like it was, you know, $10,000 worth of damage, but it was enough, and uh, they made it look like brand new, and I uh, just love it. Love the work that they did. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Uh, give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. Um, this is, uh, well, coming up after the top of the hour, by the way, uh, when we get to the top, we've got uh, uh, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, going to join us. Uh, coming out of the top, I should say. Uh, he'll join us in, uh, at 1230 in the bottom of the next hour. Not the top of the next hour. But we'll talk with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And then, as always, we got Mike Clemens, who's going to wrap things up with us in the last hour of the program as well. i uh, got some emails that I want to get. And uh, I figure while we're sitting here kind of, you know, with a couple of minutes towards the top of the hour to get to, we can do that. Uh, this one's from Jones and um, – Jones says, 
Uh, hey, Unit, I think Jordan Love is good. I don't think he's great. What would make a great quarterback versus a good quarterback? Um, boy, that's a great question. Great versus uh, – you know, here's, a th- here's the thing with um, good versus great. You kind of know it when you see it. It's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Is it statistical? You know, I, I don't think it's statistical. I mean, certainly stats help. I mean, that's what makes Aaron Rodgers' numbers so incredible. That's what makes, you know, Joe Montana's numbers so incredible. You look at all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They've either gotten there because they were winners in the most, you know, most meaningful moments, or statistically they're fantastic, or both. But I don't necessarily think you you just go by stats. I think you start to stack wins. You stack success, things that wow you. You know, here's, this is a, here, here's one thing that was brought up to me yesterday, sitting up in the press box. And uh, one of the guys says, remember when we used to just always have a moment and we really, in this, in this sense of witnessing the moments, we've been kind of spoiled. And I'm talking about we in the media, and, and even fans, but we in the media. Where, and I remember Aaron Campman saying, because I said, why is Brett so dynamic? He said, Aaron is always going to give you a moment of wow, you know? He said, but Brett's going to do something to make you go, how did he do that? You know? And that's kind of when you start to see greatness. I don't think we've seen any of those moments yet. doesn't mean we won't, but I just haven't seen any of those moments yet. We haven't had that, oh, my God, that wow moment out of Jordan Love. You're hoping that you start to see a couple of those to make you go, okay, now that's, yeah, that's the guy. That's what you're hoping for. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Good stuff, though. Really good stuff today. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more. The Bill Michael Show coming up next.